Morning, Faith Life. Morning, Faith Life. What a gorgeous morning it is, eh? It's just uh, the sun streaming into our windows, and uh, it just kind of reminds me about, you know, it's kind of pale reflection of what the glory of God's going to be like yeah. that we stand in for eternity. Yeah, when we have a new heaven and a new earth, there isn't going to be a sun lighting up, is there? Well, be God's glory is going to light up the new earth. Um, there might be a sun there as planets, I think, are there, but who knows? Who knows? But his glory, his light is going to light up the world as he lights up the world now in our hearts. So we look forward to that. I think the temperature uh, on the new earth will be um, perfect. It'll be neither hot nor cold, and it'll be just really lovely, and we can just enjoy time with him, time with each other, and all the good things that, that we're going to do there. So um, I think with having uh, looked at the end times and Laodicea being in Revelation, um, and it is really good to be eternally minded over these last few weeks. It has made me think more about what is after this life um, because of what Jesus has done for us, where we are going to be with him for eternity, but also the new earth um, that we'll be on where there'll be no more tears no more sickness, no more hatred, and as a family together, we can be together, enjoying each other, enjoying that time as it was always supposed to be. And uh, that's something really to look forward to, isn't it? Yep. Particularly when times on earth are hard, because Jesus said there will always be trouble, and there is trouble, we're in a troubled time at the moment, um, but he has gone to prepare a place for us and so if we keep our eyes fixed on him, on where we are going to uh, use the time on earth to do the things that he is calling us to, um, he wants hell empty, heaven full, and that's our mission while we're on earth. But Amen. we can look forward to that time, can't we? Amen. Um, thank you, Mike and Flick, for leading us once again in worship. It's really good to come together as a family to worship and thank you Penny for leading us in communion this morning. Again, it's just so nice for us to connect with our church family at this time and different people doing different things. So I think that's really precious and we enjoy seeing them, don't we? We do, we, 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 we sit off camera and yeah. we, we enjoy watching you. Yeah, we were just saying that, and I was also saying that my hair has really grown even though I've now had it cut and we were saying how Penny's hair has really grown beautiful as always, but her hair has grown. So I wonder when we start seeing each other again if we look different. Maybe a, a bit of weight on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Which I need to weight. Yeah, yeah. We do need to do a bit more exercise. Yeah. yeah. So we've got another great preach coming from Mark now um, how to get the devil out of your life. And just before we go into that time, I just wanted to share a few verses with you. Um, as I spend time with God, he shows me things, gives me things, and they're really just verses, again, for us to meditate on during this week. Um, it fits really well with what Mark has been teaching. One of the things that I've been thinking of over these last few days, now that we're, um, things are opening up a little bit, but then pulling back a bit, uh, we're not where we want to be yet as a church family in our building. Um, so we are still in this time of uncertainty and one of the verses that has been uh, going through my mind is don't grow weary of doing good and that weariness, that weariness that can come into our lives where we feel weak, where we feel that we don't have what we need to keep going, whether it's through this COVID time, whether it's through difficulties that we might be facing, um, as well as COVID, lots of things happen, health issues, financial issues, relationship issues, all those issues of life that are with us until Jesus comes back. And we can grow weary in it, and we can feel weak, and we need to tap into what God has for us, which is his strength and his provision. Um, the way we do that is by trusting in him, 
by putting our faith in him, by keeping our eyes fixed on him and letting him, by the Holy Spirit, put into us everything that we need to go through that time of trouble. Um, one of the things he says uh, that is really helpful is that he'll never give us more than we can bear. Even though we might feel at times that we have more than we can bear, his promise is that he won't let us have more than we can bear. But we need to trust him in that. And some of the verses that I've been meditating on, I think will really help us as this time. And um, you know the enemy is the one that throws stuff at us and the enemy is the one that says, you don't have what you need to get through. You don't have the strength that you need to be able to cope. And that is a lie because that doesn't line up with what God says. In the natural, we often don't have what we need. But with God, we do. And he will give us what we need. So as we um, are about to listen to the next part of Mark's preach, um, I want us just to remember this, that when the enemy comes with his lies, these are some of the verses that we can turn to. So... Uh, I'm going to read them uh, if you just want to write them down. Then meditate on them during the week. Use them because they will be strength to your soul. Um, so the first one is from Psalm 119, verse 28, which says, My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. So as we take the word like a medicine, that heaviness that is melting our soul, and it can feel like that sometimes. But with God, he will come and strengthen us with his word. So we need to take the word as a medicine to be able to give us the strength that we need from him. Uh, Isaiah 40, verse 29. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. So that's why I believe that he'll never give us more or allow us to have more than we can cope with. Because he says, if we are weak, if we have no might, he will give us what we need. He will give us power and he will increase our strength. Isaiah 40, 31. And this is one of uh, Mark's favourites. We have it written up in his study. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So there's a condition there. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And in Ephesians 6, Paul says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So Paul is encouraging us there to be strong in the Lord, to trust in the Lord, to read his word, to know what the word says to us so that we can trust in him, know who we are in Christ, the power that is in us, and we can um, have that power to use it in times of, of trouble. Philippians 4 verse 13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if we feel that we can't do all things and we're in that troubled place of I just cannot do everything that I need to do to get from this place. The enemy is throwing one thing, I get out of that, then he throws another thing and I don't know what to do. Well, God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And lastly, and this is something that we can uh, begin each day with, Psalm 22, verse 19, which says, But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. So we can ask the Lord to be near to us, not be far, at the beginning of each day, to be our strength, and to hasten to us. 
And if we do that at the beginning of the day, we can go into the day with uh, an assurance that whatever is thrown at us, he is with us and he will give us what we need to keep going. Amen. Amen. Good. So, have we got a little technical problem there? We, yeah, we, we, we are. We did. What we was have. that? The, the camera keeps switching the screens there unexpectedly. Okay, so... So you probably saw Jules disappear. Disappear. Did they get all of that? No, we no don't idea. know. <laughs> so, uh, if you didn't, um, let us know and I'll put these verses uh, out for you. Um, and next week, if you didn't, I'll repeat it with a little bit more substance to it. Uh, because these are really good things to stand on at, at this time. Um, do we need to wait for Jules coming no, no, back? No, we just get on we with it. just get on with it. So, we've got a great preach coming up, a bit more about how to kick the devil out of our life. And I'm going to pray for Mark and then we can uh, listen to his preach. At least that didn't happen in the middle of your preach. So that's it the main may, thing. It may happen Thank again. you, God. Thank you, God. But Jules will will uh, sort, sort it, it out. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to pray for you, yeah. and uh, and then we're going to get going. Yeah. So Father, I thank you that you are with us. That when we feel weak, we can come to you and receive strength and power from you. That that is your promise. It's in your word, and it's a promise to us. And even when things in the natural go wrong, like like this that's just happened, the screensaver coming on, um, you have a way to get to us what we need. And so I thank you for that. I thank you for the word that is going to come to us now. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will fill each of our homes, that you will fill our hearts to receive from you, to receive your word this morning anoint Mark's words as he brings um, the word of God to us this morning and uh, we thank you that we will leave from this place forever changed in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So we've got uh, our lovely Jules back now and uh, she is tweaking something, uh, technology and equipment um, doesn't always quite go to plan. Right. Great. So, uh, get your Bibles out, get your notebooks out, and uh, we'll go for it. Yeah. Amen. Okay, so, go to where we've uh, been starting each week, theme verse, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, and I'm going to be continuing to talk today about how to kick the devil out of your life. So, um, you know, let's just, let's just, because he's a bad guy, let's just attribute the screensaver issue to him trying to get in the way. Um, and we'll overcome it and we'll come out the other side. So that, 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 that's, that's a good start. So Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you are uh, bigger than any issues, that you, are, you have defeated the enemy and that you love us so much. And I pray now, Lord, as, as I speak, as I, as I uh, go through this um, preach that you will anoint these words and wrap them in your anointing so they don't just impact our minds but they impact our hearts and I ask this in Jesus name Amen, Amen. Okay, so just a, by way of recap of previous weeks, we've been talking about how to kick the devil out of your life and you know, Cheryl's already alluded this morning to this thing that every time you seem to get going something comes along and hits you back and that becomes kind of a repetitive pattern in our life if we don't realize and understand that that's the activity of the enemy in the world in order to stop us stepping into the destiny and the life that God has planned for us. And in previous weeks, we, we've talked about that and tried to unpack that a little bit. But just the bottom line is this. You, as a born-again believer, have more power and more authority than the devil. He hasn't got anything on you. He can't accuse you before God. He can't get in between your relationship with God, but he'll try and get you to believe he can. And we, we looked last week, didn't we, about how he tries to come, how he tries to accuse, 
but that he actually can't do that because Jesus nailed the handwriting that was against you to the cross and totally defeated the enemy's ability to use that against you. So what does he do? If he can't accuse you to God, his way is to try and get you to accuse you to yourself. If he can't accuse you to God, which he can't, just remember that, that's a solid ground, a solid foundation we've got the basis on. If he can't accuse you to God, then what he's going to do is he's going to use his mind games, he's going to play with your emotions, he's going to try and deceive you and get you to accuse yourself. And we need to learn how to shut those gaping holes where he can find the entrance to get into our life. Because he's going to come in, he's going to try and mess with our thoughts, he's going to try and mess with our emotions, he's going to try and mess with our hope. And we're not going to let him steal that hope we have through the power of the gospel. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. I'm actually going to try and just put this in a little bit of context. So I'll start reading a few verses early. I'll start uh, verse, at verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Remember, we talked last week about how humility isn't sort of uh, groveling around just saying that you can't do anything. Humility is actually being totally dependent on God and recognising that his power in you is more than enough. So be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he can exalt you, casting all your care on him because he cares for you. And here's our verse. Be sober. Be vigilant, be clear-minded, be watchful, set the alarms, put the perimeter fence on, get your firewall up, get your antivirus software going, however you like to think of it. Be vigilant, be on the watch for the enemy's attacks. Be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he might devour. And so we looked at three kick-out factors so far. The first kick-out factor, just to remind you, is not to give him any ground. Don't let him have an entry point. But if he's already got into our life, if he's already taken some ground, then we need him out of there. So the second factor is we don't let the accuser come and accuse us. Instead, we tell him how he has been defeated by Christ. And then the third factor is this, that we need to get some help. And because God loves us, because um, he, he, he helps us, we can hide behind him. We can hide in the shelter of, of, of his um, covering and we can fight the enemy from that place. But more than that also, we need to get help from others around us just to encourage us, build us up, speak faith into us. That is why it is so important that we are members of faith churches. People who walk in faith, know how to operate in faith, know how to see the miracles of God, know how to uh, obtain freedom, know how to walk free. You've got to get yourself around faith people, faith people who know a God of power, not just people who talk about these things. Because the enemy is looking for a way to get in, a crack he can use to find entrance for your life. And you're going to have to develop faith and walk in faith to keep him out or kick him out if he's already got in. So let's go to a new verse, James 4 verse 7. Uh, I think I, I, got, I mentioned this briefly last week, but I just want to explore it a bit further. James 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How's that work? Well, a very simple level. It works like this. Because God is for you, not against you, He's not the one holding your failures against you. 
He's not trying out there trying to get at you. He's not out there trying to punish you. He's not just looking for things that he can jump on and kick you with. That's not God. He's not keeping a record of your sin and your failure and your messes. He's not the one pressing on you, your hurt, your pain and the stuff that you've been through. That's the enemy. That's the enemy doing that and that's what we've got to recognise. So James uses this word submit. The word submit is hupatasso and I talked about this last week but basically it means one who voluntarily submits to authority. But it also has this, this beautiful, amazing idea of to hide behind someone's back and take shelter for protection. So if the devil's already entrenched, what do we do? We put on the armour of God and we go to God for help. We hide behind his back as he helps us deal with the problem. And we get somebody to pray with us. We get somebody to stand with us. We get faith people around us. And we push him back across the line that he's encroached on. We push him back across that line. Because that word resist, uh, talked about again this last week, is anti-histemi. And it means to stand against. It doesn't mean just to stand against and let him hit you and whack you and, and beat you up and while you just stand there and take it. It means an attitude of being fearlessly opposed to. It means to be defiant. It, may, it, it comes from a military term, which means uh, pre-planned resistance. Having a strategy to beat back the enemy, push him back across the line he's encroached on, and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pressing till he's totally out of your life. And if you'll take that attitude, if you'll follow that attitude, what this verse says is the enemy must flee. He will flee. At heart, he's a coward. Why is he a coward? Because he knows he's beaten. And, but as long as we do nothing, he's going to push us all over the place. He'll pull you up, he'll press you down, he'll kick your feet out from underneath you. He'll, he'll, he'll jump on your back when you try and get going. But when you resist, he's out of there. As soon as you say, that's it, I've had enough, no more, you're not pushing me around anymore, he backs off. And that's, that's something that you know, God is telling us there through the Apostle James, that the enemy has to flee. Why? Because you're the one who is full of the Holy Spirit, you're the one that Jesus has given his power to, you're the one that Jesus has given his authority to, and Jesus is right there with you and telling the enemy and reminding the enemy that he is defeated. Now here's the point that I'm making. If we don't resist, if we don't do anything with what I've been teaching the last two or three weeks, the enemy is going to continue to have a field day in your life. He's going to try and mess you up. He's going to try to keep on messing with your emotions. He's going to keep on messing with your hope. And you're going to have to press in. You're going to have to keep going. Not just a few days, but just keep going. Pushing him back, pushing him back, resisting him, reminding him he's beaten, using the authority you have. And you go, well, well, Mark, is it, is it really that simple? Well, yes, it is. Because that's what faith does. Faith moves mountains. Faith kicks the enemy in his... I, I said pants before, but apparently that doesn't translate very well in America. So uh, kick him up his bum. Kick him up his butt. Kick him out of there. Because he has to go. And the reason he's not going is we're not doing it. And it, and it sounds like, oh, well, all I've got to do is say this and, and do that. No, you've got to believe this and then put it into action. Because the gospel works by faith. Um, this, I wasn't going to talk about this this morning, but Hebrews 4 talks about, I think it's verse 2, Hebrews 4 verse 2, and it talks about how um, the, the Israelites didn't profit from the gospel. And, it, uh, and, and the writer of Hebrews says this, that the gospel was preached to them just as it has been to us, but it didn't profit them. Why? Because they didn't mix it with faith. And in these times that we live in, 
We cannot afford not to be people of faith who believe God. It's not enough to go to church. It's not enough to be around Christians. It's not enough to say the words. We actually have to put our trust in God and believe him to do what he says he will. And then we have to hit back at the enemy. So, how can I illustrate? Let, let, me, let me take you back to my teens. Now, you've got to remember this is my early teens, okay? So this is actually before I became a Christian, but it's a good example. But you might not think, well, that, that, that was very godly, but it's a good example. So, when I went up from uh, primary school to secondary school, uh, in those days we did things called 11 pluses and I managed to get into the grammar school. Now I, I came off um, basically a, a very poor council estate and some of the guys I hung around with, they worked too, uh, too uh, nice, they got into all sorts of stuff, uh, petty theft, you know, we, and, and I remember for a lot of my primary school years I just used to get in fights. I used, to, I used to fight for any cause that would come up. Like if somebody annoyed one of my friends, I'd fight on behalf of my friends. If they annoyed me, I'd fight on behalf of me. Anyway, when I got to secondary school, um, having been at, right at the top of the primary school, I was now at secondary school and I'm thinking, I'm actually a little kid again now. And, and there's all these big kids. And so what happened was that the first two years of of the first two school years used to have one playground and all the, the bigger guys used to have another playground. Anyway, there was this kid and I think he probably did this every year. I think he, he was two, three years older than me. And he used to he used to come into our playground and he used to pick on people. And me being not, you know, always engaging brain, I decided to uh, defend one of my friends and, and have a go back at him verbally. From that moment, he then decided he was going to bully me. So what he did is every, every day he'd come in at lunchtime, he'd start calling me names, he'd start threatening me, he'd start, try to back me into corners. And, and he, was, he was a big kid. I mean, he was like, he was out here and a lot taller than me. And he used to come out with all this stuff. And then he started hitting me. And I'm thinking, what do I do? Because this went on for days and days. And he, and he just used to come and he used to call me names and he used to punch me. I can't even remember his name now. But like my, my whole life at that point revolved around this kid and how I could stop him bullying me. And then one day I remember he, he kind of hit me and I went backwards into the corner and fell down and he started to kick me. And I, I just don't know what came over me, but I stood up and I got my fist and I just hit him in the face and I said, you're just a fat kid with issues. And he just like was shocked. And then everybody started laughing at him. And he turned around and he walked away and he never bullied me again. And I don't think I hit him that hard. But you know, the devil is just like that. He's just like that fat kid with issues. When you call his bluff, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And we're going to have to call his bluff. We're going to have to, to take that, that approach that you're just a fat kid with issues and you're not going to push me around anymore. You're not the one who's going to determine my life. I'm the one that's going to determine my life. And I'm not going to be bullied by you any longer. And again, it's faith that we need. That's why I keep saying You've got to be around faith people who teach faith and walk in faith. And we have to put this stuff into practice. Because as long as we do nothing, the devil is going to push us around. And he'll push us around all over the place. Um, and we really need to say no more. Because what he's trying to do is something really simple. He's trying to move you from a position of faith to a position of fear. And he'll try to get you out of the grace in which you stand. Paul in Romans talks about the grace in which we stand. We fight all our battles from the battle and the victory that Jesus has already won. From the authority and the power that he's given us. That's where we fight our battles from. And the enemy tries to get us out of that position of grace 
into a position where we start thinking we've got to sort it, we've got to do it, we've got to make it work and we find ourselves inadequate for that. And that's where he wants us. He wants us back in that place where we rely all totally on ourselves instead of on Jesus. And he wants us to be in that place so that we feel inadequate, we feel a failure, and he can mess with our emotions, he can mess with our relationships, he can put pressure on our marriages, he can push us around in our health, until we say, you've had enough of my life. You have taken all you're going to get. You thought you would lock me in forever with all that stuff that's gone on, with all that stuff that's happened, with all that pain that I've been through. But I'm telling you that from here on in, forgetting that which is past, I'm going to push forward towards the goal. You know, sometimes, you know, a few times in, in Cheryl and our, our, my life, we, we've had unhealthy relationships with people where, where people have actually... Uh, not walked right and not really um not really been good for us or good for those around us and they they go on and on and and because you love and because you care you keep giving and you keep giving and you keep giving but there comes a point when you have to turn around like Cheryl and i did and said you are not having any more of our life you are not having any more of our emotional ups and downs that you are causing. It's time for us to press on and move forward. Not the person that we're dealing with, but Paul tells us that's because we're dealing with principalities and powers. We're dealing with the enemy and that's how we speak to the enemy. He is not having any ground. You're not moving me anymore. I'm going to move you. You're not moving me anymore. I'm going to move you. And James tells us that if we'll adopt that attitude, he has to flee. He has to get out of there. That word flee is a translation of a word, and it refers to a lawbreaker who flees in terror from a city because he's been found out. And he's fearful of punishment. And just like the devil comes around with his lies, like that lawbreaker, he's going to flee because he's been found out and you're the one that's found him out and you're the one that's told him this is the way things work around here. And when he's found out, when you realise he's the one in your head telling you, telling you you can't do it, he's the one in your head telling you you're a failure, he's the one in, in your head that tells you that that thing that happened in the past, you have to keep visiting and visiting and visiting and going back to you because you'll never get over it. He's the one in your head telling that. That is not God, that is the enemy. And when you call him out and you say, you've nothing on me, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That spirit that Jesus resisted you up, that same spirit is in me now and I'm going to use it and you're out of here. Let's go back to our verse in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 is, is the one we've been reading. I'm, I'm actually going to go on a whole verse. 1 Peter 5 verse 9. Resist him steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brothers in the world. What's that about? That word resist there, resist him. That word resist, it refers to pre-planned resistance. It, it, it refers to having thought it out, weighed it up, come to a conclusion. You've got a plan of how you're going to beat the enemy. So this is kick out factor number four. Plan your resistance and bolster your faith. Because that word resist is pre-planned res resistance and that word steadfast is to bolster or reinforce. So it's saying bolster or reinforce your faith. So what do you do? You strategically oppose him with pre-planned resistance that you thought out, that you've planned. And secondly, you continue to bolster yourself in faith. 
What does that mean? What does it mean to bolster ourselves in faith? Because th this is the key tool that we're going to use. It means to build your life in such a way, on such foundations, that even if he tries to attack in future, he'll bounce off because you are so solid and so strong. So he comes with his attack and he bounces off. He comes with another attack and he bounces off. And eventually he's going to stop and he's go going to go and attack somewhere else. Because you can see him for what he is. You can see him for the liar he is. You can see him for somebody who uses mind games against you. And since you know where he's coming from, you can use the weapons that God is giving you to beat him up. Tell him that he's just a fat kid with issues that needs to get out of your life and watch him flee. Now, I just want to kind of show you how this works because it's so important that we build these foundations in our life and we can kind of not get around to things or we can not keep uh, digging into things or we can just let things go maybe we've never known in the first place and that's why we wrote the rock solid material that's why we've done the rock solid course now some of you know that we've got this others don't but we have a, a workbook that goes with the rock solid book itself you, you can get this workbook you'll be able to order it from the, the faith life shop tomorrow but basically the idea of this is that it takes you through a process of getting those solid foundations in a way that you know that you can do yourself that it doesn't need us to teach that reinforces that gets that, that you with the holy spirit working through these things and it it will build those foundations that's going to cause the enemy's plans to just bounce off your life because you have bolstered and reinforced your faith. Now, here's how this, here's what, how one of these sections works because I think it's so important when we're talking about bolstering our faith that we understand who we are in Christ. You see, if we know who we are and we, if we know what Jesus has won, then nothing can stop us. The enemy can throw stuff at us, but we can overcome. We can go through things and come out the other side. We can leave our past behind. We can leave those things that were said to us and done to us behind. We can, we can get cut through and get clear in all that mess in our emotions and what's going on in our head. But we have to know who we are in Christ and we have to believe that's who we are. And so one of the things that I, I do, and it's reproduced in that, in that workbook that you, you, you can, can get from the um, shop on the website, but it's reproduced in the workbook, is I've got this, this uh, list of things that tell me who I am. Because one of the things that James says is that if we not want to know who we are, we need to look in a mirror. So the same way is if you want to look and you want to see your face, then you need to look in a mirror. You can't actually see your face. You've never seen your face. But what you've seen is a reflection of your face in a mirror. And so the way we see what we really look like is to look in a mirror. And the way we see what we really look like as new covenant, born again, spirit-filled believers in Christ is to look in the mirror. So what's the mirror? The mirror is God's word. And this is what God's word says to me. This is what I, 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 I go through, I pray over myself, I speak out, and this is who I tell the enemy I am. I'm a child of God. That means I'm a member of God's family. He loves me, he cares for me, I'm precious to him, I'm valued by him, I belong to God. I've been made right in my relationship with God. My relationship with God is right. I've got right standing with him. So don't you come along and tell me any lies about that enemy. Don't you tell me that he's the one accusing me. Don't you tell me that he's the one coming after me. I'm a citizen of heaven and I'm Christ's friend. I'm adopted as God's child. I'm part of the family. Well, what does that mean? It means that all the resources of the family are mine. All the resources of God's family are available to me. And when you push one member of the family around, you're coming after the whole family. And my dad is bigger than anybody else's dad because he's the king of heaven. I'm a new creation. I'm not who I was. Those things that happened in my past, I am not that person anymore. Don't you try and pin that on me. That person is dead. I'm a new creation. I have new life through Christ. I am set free 
from the domination of sin. I can walk free of this. Don't you tell me I'll never be free of this because I can walk free of this because the word tells me that the, the dominion of sin that once ruled over me is broken. And by the Holy Spirit and by the word, I can walk free. And that means that I'm secure in God. I have complete access to the Father. I can go boldly before the grace to find the help I need whenever I need it. So don't you come round, enemy, telling me that I'm on my own. Don't you come round telling me there's no help for me. Don't you come round saying I've got to, you, you know, I'm just one amongst many. I'm not one amongst many. I'm one amongst the hosts of heaven. And that is who he's really facing. Yeah, I love this one from 1 John. I am born of God and the evil touches me not. The evil one touches me not. Do you get that? Because I never got that for ages, but that's such an incredible word. It's 1 John 5, 18. The evil one touches me not. I am an untouchable as far as God, the, the enemy is concerned. He, he's going to try and convince me I'm not, but he, I am an untouchable just like those guys that used to fight the gangsters and, and beat the gangsters. I'm an intouchable enemy and you're not touching me. You're not coming. You're not having any part of me. You're not taking any part of my life. You're not even worth any more time in my life. I have the mind of Christ. That means that I can see things clearly. I can understand things clearly. I can see divine strategies. I can receive divine downloads from God about the steps to take. I, I can have my mind renewed. He's, he's, oh, he's another one. I have a greater one living in me. Greater is he that he's, who is in me than he is in the world. And I have the peace of God. No matter what is going on around me, I can access that peace. I can plug into that peace. I'm a giver and it is given to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken, running over. Enemy, I give. I give into the kingdom. And you're not coming stealing from me. You're not coming taking my stuff. Because I'm receiving good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I have no lack, for God supplies all my need according to his riches in glory. And I'm easy workmanship, created for good works. I'm alive to God. I'm a doer of the word and blessed in all my actions. I'm a joint heir with Christ. And I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. And, you know, I've only just touched on a few there, but there's, there's kind of two or three pages of those. And that's, what I, that's how I deal with the enemy, just like Jesus. When the enemy came round saying, you can't do that, are you, really who, are you really the son of God? Then prove it. When he came round and he did all those temptations, Jesus answered him from the word. And we need to answer him from the word as well. We need to know the word. We need to speak the word. And the enemy will flee. Why? Because we resist him. We resist him. Just like I dealt with that, that bullying kid in the playground. I don't know what came over me because he was bigger than me. He was older than me. And just like I dealt with that, he was exposed for who he really was. And that's what we do with the enemy. So what do we do? We plan our resistance. We, we, we base our resistance on those foundations of the word. We get solid in those foundations. We, we bolster, we reinforce our faith. And then when the enemy comes, he bounces off. When the enemy comes, he bounces off. Why? Because he's got to flee. Because you know who you are. Amen? Amen. Now, if, you, if you've never heard any of that before, then you're going to have to go and listen to this again. Um, get the workbook, but listen to this talk again. Just study it out for yourself. But if you don't know Jesus, you, you, you aren't yet in that place of authority. You aren't yet part of his family. And I want to invite you this morning to become part of the family of God. When you, when you come to God, he promises you that your sins are paid for, that he'll deliver you from the mess you're in. He'll deliver you out of the power of the enemy and place you in the kingdom of light. So I want to invite you to do that this morning. So I, I'm, I'm asking you now, if that's you, just pray with me. Just follow along with this prayer. Speak it out if you want to do that this morning. It may be that you're just watching this as a recording during the week or later than this. Then again, it still works. Just say this prayer. Father, so you just follow along. I recognise 
my need for you. I recognize my sins, my pride, my self-centeredness, my rejection of you up to this point. And I'm asking you to be my saviour, to assign to me the victory that Christ won at the cross, to forgive me of my sins and to give me new life as your child, to fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I thank you. I choose to make you Lord of my life. And I give my life to you right here, right now. Amen. Amen. So if you, you've said that prayer, uh, or you want help, more help, or just, just sort of a bit more understanding around what that would mean, then we're here to help you. Contact us, messages on Facebook, uh, email us at office at faithlifechurch.org.uk and we'll be here to help you, to pray with you and help you on your journey. And then, you know, just like if you said that prayer, then right now there's rejoicing in heaven and right now there's rejoicing in this room. And we've been seeing people come to Christ over the, the weeks that we've been online. We've been following through with them. We've been helping them. And we just praise God for all that he's doing. And we praise God for you saying that prayer right now. Amen. 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 Awesome. That's another great part of a really good preach. Um, we need to know how to do these things. Uh, it's all in the word. Uh, we need to be doers of the word, not, not he hearers only, um, put into practice the things that we have read in the word. Uh, and I love that Mark brought from Luke 4, uh, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, uh, he fought the enemy with the word of God. It is written. It is written. Every time the devil threw something at him, and the devil knew the scriptures, you know, he's, he, he, he threw the scriptures back at Jesus, but Jesus fought him back with the scriptures. It is written. It is written. And then it says, after he tempted Jesus for a little while, he, he left, as he does with us, until another opportune time. So we need to be able to know what the word says, know how to stand in these things that Mark has been teaching us so that we can resist him and he has to flee. And I just wanted to, um, uh, Mark was reading from 1 Peter 5, um, from verse 8. I just wanted to read it from the Amplified Bible, because this really spoke to me as I was listening to Mark preach. Um, and I wanted just to repeat it and encourage us in us as we end this morning's service. Um, the enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. And this is what God is saying to him, to us. But resist him. Be firm in your faith. Mark has been talking about being faith people, knowing how to stand in faith and be doers in faith. Against his attack, rooted, established, immovable and that's where we are going as we listen to these preachers and get them into our heart knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world the devil just goes to who he can wherever he can um, to all of us but there's an encouragement in that that we don't suffer alone that we all have stuff that's thrown at us and we can then come alongside each other and help each other to be able to stand firm in faith. That is what being part of a family is all about. And then it says, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, 
who imparts his blessing and favour, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete, so this is what God is going to do as we stand firm against the wiles of the enemy, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, that's what we were talking about earlier, and establish you, making you what you ought to be. To him be dominion, power, authority, sovereignty, forever and ever. Amen. And I just wanted to end this morning there and just give you that picture that as we are standing firm against the enemy, as we are using the word of God against him, knowing what to do, we're reading what to do, we're hearing what to do, and we fight him with our words by the word of God, just like Jesus did. But the one behind us, and this is the picture that I got, so we might feel a little bit small and insignificant, but if we do this, then we have behind us this great big roaring lion of Judah, who has all power, all dominion, and he is behind us, and he will work through us to hit the devil where it hurts. We are not on our own. He is with us. He strengthens us. He is in us. That power that is from heaven works through us and out to hit the devil. So as we leave this morning, I want us to just keep our focus on that, that he's tiny compared to our father, and our father is standing right behind us. We never have to do this on our own. He is our strength, he is our portion, and he will give us everything that we need. Amen, amen. And I'm praying for, for, for me, I need to know this, I need to know how to stand, to stand. I'm praying for you guys, so that we can defeat the enemy with the word of God. Amen. Amen. So, um, yeah, oh, I need to put this down because I'm going to do something. Um, after this morning, uh, there is coffee uh, on Zoom. The link will be uh, sent to you. Um, join us for coffee. Mark and I will be there. It's always good after church just to gather together. Uh, there are times during the week which are going to come up again so that you know everything that's happening. Um, if you've had an anniversary this week, I think Lynn and Tim had an anniversary. Happy anniversary. And if, it's, if you've had a birthday, happy anniversary, birthday too. Uh, make sure you celebrate and, um, uh, and, and have had a good time. What did I do? You said anniversary. Anniversary. Okay, well, I'm just bringing it all in. Uh, yeah, have a great time. Have a great week. And uh, this is something that Gwyn taught me. So I'm going to, instead of blowing you a kiss this week, I'm going to love bomb you, which is, you do this with your hands. This is where we can't give a hug, but I need to say, I'm sending you a love bomb. So have a great week, Faith Life. We will be here next week. Um, and if we see some of you in the week, if not, uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Be blessed. Amen. Give you a kiss.